Welcome to Everyday Wellness. I'm Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my colleague, Cynthia Thurlow. I'm a nurse practitioner, and we are both super passionate about food, here to educate, inspire, and advocate for you for your best health. Hey, hey, wanted to come to you today and talk to you about some of the things that Kelly and I are really loving these days. And one of them are the Dry Farm Wines. And I'm not sure how much you know about this company, but what really makes them different and unique is that they are sourcing wines from organic vineyards where there are low to no sugar or carbs. And interestingly enough, most modern wines have more sugar than a liter of soda. Scary, right? They're lower in alcohol, they're lower in sulfites, and sulfites are kind of those things that can cause a lot of uh, symptoms. You know, sometimes people will get headaches and histamine responses, etc. They are one of our sponsors for our podcast, and we'd love for you to take advantage of trying out some of their wines. They have lots of options. I love their rosés, but you can go to www.dryfarmwines.com backslash Cynthia Thurlow and you can check out what they have there and try some things out and definitely let us know what you think. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. We are super excited because this episode is our gift to you. It's the holiday season and we love giving back. So we wanted to give back to you some of the best information that we've collected from our super smart guests that we've had on the show in 2019. And as our loyal listeners know, at the end of each episode in which we interview a guest, we ask them to come up with their top two tips for something they can do or we can do to improve our health and wellness every day. And we think that these are such gems of wisdom that we compiled all of the top tips from our guests and created a cool infographic that we're going to share with you. And today we're going to talk about what those top tips are and our take on the top tips. So what do you say, Cynthia? Are you ready to get started? I am. It's really hard for me to believe that it is truly the end of a, the end of a decade, the end of 2019. Yeah. It's been such a interesting year. I always say it's been a energetically rich year on so many levels. And so when I sat down and, and started looking at this compilation of top tips, first I sat humbled and, and truly grateful that we had interviewed 36 incredible human beings that are in the health and wellness space and that we actually truly feel like we have taken a little bit of their gifts that they share with the world and, and shared with our own listeners. So to actually organize all these top tips and be able to you know, kind of hit the high points and get some perspective about you know, how, we, how we feel about each one of these. And, and I think you know, the number one tip that came up most frequently was take responsibility for your health. And that's something as a nurse practitioner that's really near and dear to my heart, something I always endeavor to empower all my patients with that you know, they are the captains, if you will, of their ship, if they think of their bodies as a ship. And so how critical it is to make sure that you are actively listening to your body, you are reflecting on how you feel, you are thinking about the decisions that you're making that impact your health on a positive or negative level, and endeavoring to continue to refine and improve things. I think all of us, and myself included, and I'm sure you would agree, we're all trying to fine tune. I always say we're all like, you know, finely tuned instruments. And so we're constantly trying to improve upon what we've done the year before, you know, get rid of things that don't serve us any longer. That's been a large part of my 2019 include things that do serve us and really endeavoring on every level, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, to be surrounded by individuals and things that bring us joy and, you know, benefit our lives in, in really positive ways. Absolutely. And I also think that one of the really powerful things about this top tip, which is taking responsibility for your health, is that so many of the people we interviewed who gave this tip came to this tip because it was their own personal experience. They had to use this and figure this out in order to overcome whatever physical, emotional, spiritual health challenge they were facing. So it's not as if it's people who are just saying, yeah, this would be a good idea. It's people who have lived this and have found the benefit of doing it. Now, it's one thing to say something and another thing to do it. Mm -hmm. I often say that many of these things are simple, but not easy when mm -hmm. we try to change behaviors. 
So take responsibility for your health. And that seems pretty simple to do, but I think that it's not easy. And I think it's not easy because culturally we're still programmed to believe that a doctor, a person in a white coat has all the wisdom Mm -hmm. and we should follow them implicitly. Now, thank goodness for all of our providers and health professionals out there. And we are among them too. But I also think that we can't take anyone's opinion as the only way that we're going to move forward. We need to take in all of the information around us and seek out our own information too before we move forward. So I think that it's a shift in mindset from letting one person or a couple people determine how you think about your health to you really getting in the driver's seat and compiling and creating your own team of people. Some of them who might have things you don't want to hear or don't want them to say, but that are ultimately good for you to hear. So it's really, it's really a shift in mindset. What are your thoughts on that and why it's hard for people to do it? Oh, it's hard to do the tough work. I mean, yeah. I think that for some of us, you know, I, I always say like, I'm very stubborn by nature. And once I've decided to do something, it's easy for me to shift directions, but I recognize that's not the norm. And so I think acknowledging that, you know, lifestyle changes and choices really are challenging. And even for us, they are challenging, but acknowledging, you know, really focusing on why are you making these decisions and what are your long-term or short-term goals to, for your, in terms of your health and wellness. So, you know, I think when we start to shift away from, oh, this is hard to why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, it allows us to kind of say, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to endeavor to try to make these changes. I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm just going to take one step at a time. And so I always say small, simple changes lead to large impact. And so don't think of it as I have to, it's this all or nothing mentality. It may be, you know, tomorrow I'm going to choose to move my body or tomorrow I'm going to choose to not have any bread. I mean, it could be that simple, Mm -hmm. but cumulatively over time, those changes can have a tremendous impact and benefit our health enormously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of taking responsibility for your health means setting your environment up in a way that's going to be beneficial. And that might mean changing the kind of people you spend time with or the kind of information that comes in. So if you do move your body and decide to go to the gym, those people might also be interested in moving their body. So how can you get immediate feedback and rewards from doing that one thing? So like if weight loss is your goal and you know that going to the gym helps you feel better and stay on track with weight loss, it's important to, like you said, take that small step, but also find the benefit in that small step because weight loss won't come from going to the gym one time, Mm -hmm. but going to the gym one time can make you feel better physically and give you the opportunity to connect with other people too. So keeping it small and changing your environment in terms of who you spend time with, mm-hmm. what information you're taking in. So are you listening to information with lots of different perspectives? Are you just focused in one area? Are you listening to podcasts? What books are you reading? All of that stuff influences your environment. And then with your physical environment, taking responsibility for what food you have in your house. Like I know that if I have a lot of junky food in my house. And right now I do. I've been getting lots of gifts from different people. (laughs) My son's bringing stuff in. It's it's much more challenging Mm -hmm. to eat a healthy diet when that food is there. So figuring out how to have an abundance of the food that you want to eat, food that makes you feel good around is part of taking control of your health. I think that's really important. You know, these are all choices that we make. And I, I think a lot of what I intrinsically have connected with this year is, is really tightening up my circle of people that I spend time with because time has become so precious and I don't have as much of it. And, you know, the people that we choose to spend the most time with, I think there was a quote that I read that said the five people we spend the most time with have the greatest impact on our lives. And so obviously I have children that live at home, so I would include those two. Uh, but really honing in on ensuring you're surrounded by people that help you create a healthy lifestyle, help you, you know, kind of hone in on those habits that you're really working on and support them without, you know, making fun of you or making you feel badly about your choices, because that doesn't, 
that doesn't resonate well. I think we as individuals, the older that we get chronologically or emotionally, uh, we just come to find that sometimes simple is really best. You know, the people you can be yourself around that don't require you to have to be someone that you're not or Mm -hmm. require. And I always say sometimes when friendships and relationships are easy and they just flow, that fluidity is so critical in our lives. And yet we don't acknowledge it perhaps until we have a health crisis or have a bad year, you know, have like something catastrophic that's happened or had a major change in our lives. So I, I definitely echo that our home environment is really critical for setting us up for success. And the holiday season's just tough. Like, let's be honest, yeah. I was baking gingerbread houses with my husband or my husband, my youngest son last night and decorating them and gingerbread. I love gingerbread. I love the way it smells. I love, you know, how it reminds me of it's a holiday season and dang, it was hard last night, not eating anything we were decorating the gingerbread with. My youngest was super excited to be able to eat his gingerbread house that we made. And I kept saying, I was like, dang, I'm just going to bed. Like, it's just too hard. (laughs) And I'm not going to waste my calories on this. I'm going to hold out for something that I really want. But those are the kinds of decisions that, you know, we make day to day that have a large impact on our health for sure. Yeah. And I think the message that we're we're really trying to say here is that taking responsibility for your health isn't one decision. It's mm-hmm. multiple decisions every day. Yeah. yeah. And if if you make a decision that doesn't support your health, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Recognize it, be kind to yourself, understand why you made it, and then just get back on track. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of segues us into our number two and number mm-hmm. three top tips. So being present is something that I actively have to work at every single day. I am a multitasker by nature and you know, consistently being present with something that almost, well, nearly a, a large majority of our guests talked about. I feel that it's something that many of us struggle with, especially when we become parents because our, we're, we're torn between you know, responsibilities perhaps to our occupation, to family consistently and constantly. And so one of the ways that I work and endeavor to be more present is I started meditating and that it was a huge eye opener for me, largely because it improved my sleep, which is something that I had also been struggling with at the latter part of this year because of an infection I had. But I think it's really critical to admit when we ourselves as podcast hosts, you know, moms, Mm -hmm. wives, healthcare professionals, that we ourselves kind of struggle with one of these things. And so meditation for me has permitted me the opportunity to be more present I want to be fully upfront and say one of our guests, Bane Angel, who did one of our biohacking podcasts, introduced me to something called Muse, which is a headband you wear. I just wear it for three to five minutes a day, but it actually provides input and perspective in terms of what our brain is doing to validate or to kind of keep me refocus my, my mm. thought process. And so that has been really helpful. And I've started recommending that to more people. We have no affiliation with this product whatsoever. <laughs> But I just wanted to share that I'm someone that really does indeed struggle with being present and with meditation. And so that, that has helped me tremendously. So definitely, Mm -hmm. I know we're, we're hitting two things at once, but I do think that they go together. And I'm curious, Kelly, do you meditate at all? I do. I do. So number two is uh, be present. And number three is meditation. And I meditate mostly daily, but it doesn't always look the same way. Sometimes it looks like three minutes. I like to try to do it in the same place every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it looks like three minutes. Sometimes it looks like 10 minutes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's once a day. Sometimes it's twice a day, but I do really notice a difference. And like you, I feel like the meditation helps me to be present. Mm -hmm. An example is that over Thanksgiving, our plans got changed. My cousin's kids were sick. We were supposed to go to her house. And so we nixed that idea. And then my sister's kids got sick. So we weren't going to go there either. So it was a really last minute scramble to put together a Thanksgiving dinner. But I did it and I got to the end of it and was just enjoying it. And my in-laws were there and they were so thankful and grateful that I had put this dinner together, but it didn't I didn't freak out about it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I was just doing it. And I didn't even think about it until the end of the dinner and realized this is showing up in a very different way than I probably would have shown up last year at Thanksgiving. And I think a huge part of that is due to not only the meditation practice, but also just practicing being present in each of the moments throughout the day. 
And I think they really go hand in hand with one another. You know, we do meditation, not to get good at meditation, but to get good at life, to get better at being present in life. And so the more we do the meditation, the easier it is to be present. When we're present in our active life, we're reinforcing those same pathways that are activated in meditation. I also think that being present doesn't have to be anything really super spiritual or mystical. It can just be, like you said, not multitasking. Yeah, enjoy the moment. Yeah, it can just be focusing on one thing. And even if it's something that we don't find enjoyable, <laughs> noticing, noticing our desire to want to do something else at the same time, right? If you're working on writing copy or doing something for a business, noticing if our desire is to reach for our phones and look at Instagram or to check our email um, and then just gently bringing our attention back mm-hmm. to what we're doing. That's really, I think for me, especially because this year has been business-wise so busy, and I always say wonderfully rich and busy, I've really mm-hmm. had to find ways to keep myself centered. I have a tendency, like I said, I'm a multitasker. That's the way my brain works. I, I function really well thinking of multiple things at once. But when I sit down to work, I really do have to spend, I have to be undistracted. So I can't be on my phone. I can't be listening to a podcast. If I really genuine or, you know, listening to iTunes, I really have to just focus on one thing. And I find I'm much more efficient when I do that. And I, I think that it's so common that we're so distracted. You know, we're so distracted. We're so disconnected from our bodies, from our minds, you know, from spirituality, whatever your focus is. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting-edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. I've been using MitoPure for the last two years and I've added this to my routine for multiple reasons. Number one, it's a foundational supplement for me and my family. It keeps things simple and I know that I cannot get enough of urolithin A in my food to derive the same benefits. And if you're not familiarized with urolithin A, it's a signaling molecule, but it's also actively involved in anti-aging, energy production. And I take timeline because of its remarkable remarkable healthy aging solution that activates key critical cellular pathways in my body. It's a total game changer for healthy aging. I alternate between using the soft gels and powder depending on whether or not I'm traveling. And we know that restoring cellular energy is a key to enduring health. And this is concluded in a recent publication in Nature Metabolism, which is a top scientific journal 
identifying that newly energized cells may provide many more years of healthy life to people. Yet as we age, we know that cellular energy production naturally declines and reduces our prospects of optimal health and longevity. That's the great thing about Timeline is you can restore cellular energy and support healthy aging. I've noticed the biggest improvements in my energy and sleep levels. We know that Timeline is clinically shown to give our cellular energy generators the mitochondria new power. And when taken daily, it replaces aging mitochondria. So it upregulates mitophagy and rebuilds new ones or mitogenesis. Timeline is the only nutrient that can do what it does. So Timeline renews your cells to a more powerful state. My listeners can get 10% off your first order at Timeline dot com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off at timeline.com slash Cynthia. I know you're going to love this product. That it's really important to be present. Like I have the example of my study sits over the front of my house. And so all day long, I get to look outside and look at nature. And so that brings me tremendous joy. It also reminds me of how long I've been sitting all day long. <laughs> I you know, get myself up and get moving. But for example, in the fall, when you know, the leaves change colors, there's this beautiful tree outside my window. And so I can watch the leaves change and then I watch the leaves fall. And then I look at the bear tree. And you know, for me, like that connection to nature fully kind of reinforces the being present piece. Like when I look outside and I'm, I, I will take what I call it an active nature break when I'm looking outside and maybe I'll take 20 or 30 seconds and just watch what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I can reinforce being more present when I'm trying to get back to the work that I'm doing. So I think those are really critical. And I love that our guests really emphasize, you know, the top three are things that they really emphasize quite a great deal and and things that I think are really important. But I, I have to admit, like, I love the fourth and fifth top tips. I don't know if we want to segue over to those. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, sleep. Sleep is like the most important thing in the world. I, I don't think I appreciated it enough until a few years ago when I started struggling with sleep. And yet we know it's foundational to our health on so many levels. And for anyone that's listening that doesn't prioritize sleep, either by circumstance or just having trouble either falling asleep or staying asleep, I, I truly believe it is one of the most important things that you can prioritize in your personal life. And so, you know, just starting out with something as simple as getting to bed before 10 p.m., we know is incredibly helpful for our adrenal glands and supporting cortisol and melatonin, you know, two key hormones that are either telling our bodies to go to bed or telling our bodies to get revved up. And in our, you know, frequently overstimulated environments that we live in, we're just, we're staying on our iPhones, we're watching a movie, we're staying up and working on our computers and really our bedroom should be a sanctuary. You know, they should be cold and dark. I have a super sexy sleek uh, silk eye mask that I now wear when I sleep, which has made a huge, hugely beneficial for me because I'm so light sensitive when I sleep. I had never realized that mm-hmm. before, but also I have specific supplements. I think we should do a whole podcast on sleep, just you and I. Yeah. I have a couple supplements that I really believe and know they are not melatonin. I really believe help support my sleep in a very healthy way and I know that when I wake up in the morning and I've had a good night's sleep, I just feel like a different human being. So when I'm not getting a quality sleep, when I was diagnosed with a parasitic infection after coming back from Puerto Rico, I can assure you I had an entire month of not sleeping well. And I just, you know, you don't feel like making good food choices. You're just much more apt to get frustrated with your, you know, your, could be with anyone in your life, but your kids most, especially because they spend so much time with you. And I just can't imagine as a woman north of 40 years old, not getting good sleep, because I I really believe it, it makes a huge impact, not only on food choices, your interpersonal relationships, but it also helps to maintain your blood sugar. And so we know women, as they kind of make this transition into perimenopause and beyond that we become much more apt to be insulin resistant and what have we talked about with insulin resistance? Insulin is a fat storage hormone. So you absolutely want to make sure that you get on top of sleep quality if you're a woman mm-hmm. north of a certain age. And another thing is I think that we know that our body, our physiology will trump our thought every time. We're set up that way. It's a survival mechanism. So if by not getting enough sleep, that is keeping our physiology in the stress response mm-hmm knowing anything that we know about healthy eating or healthy thinking or mindset, we're not going to be able to fully implement that if we aren't, if we are in that stress response. 
And so sleeping, getting this good quality sleep is so important. And I know we've talked about this before too, but getting sleep can seem like a non-active thing to do. Like, oh, that's just non-doing. Like I'm not going to focus my time there. But really one of the most effective biohacks, if we want to bring that term into this, is sleeping. It's really super powerful. And I think the cool thing is that our guests ranged from people who have hormone and nutrition background to people who are excellent in diet and people who have mastered therapy skills. And so many of them overlapped on this Mm -hmm. idea of getting sleep. I think that really shows that it helps from everyone's perspective, from so many different perspectives. And as you were talking about earlier with meditation, it really feeds the ability to sleep and vice versa. And that's something to keep in mind with all these top tips. Any of these top tips that sound good to you, start there. Mm. And they're going to have a ripple effect, a domino effect, and make the other tips easier to accomplish. I agree. I totally agree. And nice little transition to talking about gratitude. I mean, I this is my year of, I've never felt more gratitude other than perhaps when I had my boys that everything that has happened this year has been just absolutely life-shattering, you know, from being so sick to having some incredible professional wins to the people that I have in my life. I mean, I, I, I truly sit in tremendous gratitude, which is why I'm very, very grounded. If someone asked me the other day, could you have imagined that your year would have started the way it did? meaning I went on vacation, came back and spent 13 days in the hospital and nearly died. So you're ending your year with so much, so much depth to what is, has, a, has occurred. And so never could have expected it, but yet I truly feel like I'm very, very grounded because of the tremendous gratitude, not only that I express, but I practice. Mm-hmm. And so I look at gratitude as not just saying, oh, I'm grateful for this, this, and this. It's not about material things from my perspective. It's Gratitude for the people you have in your life, gratitude for your health, gratitude for the opportunities that you've had that have come into your life, gratitude for the ability to interview some of these, some of the biggest heavyweights in the health and wellness space Mm -hmm. for the podcast. And so to me, it's more about substance, but I know people may identify gratitude in different ways, but that's what it means to me. And certainly I know, you know, Kelly and your work, you know, working with patients and in your own professional life, I know, or personal life, when you were mentioning that it was almost a blessing that these other children altered and shifted the course of your Thanksgiving, which turned out perfectly imperfect. You know, it was exactly how it was meant to be. And you enjoyed it because you were just, you know, your nuclear family. And, and I can hear that when you describe, you know, what transpired that you were at peace for everything that happened because it was the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's, those are great points. And I also want to say that I think, I think gratitude is like a muscle and Mm -hmm. we build it as we practice it. So if it means starting out by saying, I'm grateful for something material, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's okay. And as you do it, your lens will change. You'll Mm -hmm. start to see all the things for which you're grateful because what we believe we end up seeing. So Mm -hmm. when we believe that the gratitude is important and that we are grateful and have gratitude in our lives, we're going to see more reasons to be grateful. And it's easier to see the very concrete things in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think as we do that, we'll then grow to see other things that are a bit less concrete, but just as important. And the research shows that when we're thinking about things for which we're grateful, whether things or actual material things or happenstances in our life, when we can tune into how we feel in our body, that strengthens the power of the gratitude because we're encoding Mm -hmm. that memory, that moment with more senses. And anytime we use more senses, we can encode the information, which again, strengthens those neural pathways and makes it easier to see things for which we're grateful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So gratitude was tied with two other, three other things Mm -hmm. for the top number four. Yeah. yeah. So there's four things in total at number four. So the first is gratitude. The second is exercise. Mm-hmm. Exercise can be thought about in a number of different ways. And I think that 
the way that you and I talk about it a lot, at least at the very beginning, is just to move your body. Mm -hmm. So we can call it exercise, we can call it activity, but I think intentional movement of your body is the way to sum it up. And I think that that's what many of our guests said. And they, they all had different bents. Yeah. You know, I know Terry Walls was so excited that she could ride her bike. Like that was a huge thing for her. And we had several other guests who were really into weightlifting. You know, mm -hmm. Sean Baker was Olympic weightlifter. And, yeah. and so there's different ways of moving your body. It doesn't have to look the same way as someone else is doing. And it doesn't have to look the same way that you've done things in the past. Right. I know after having my son, the way I worked out definitely changed. One, because I didn't have as much time mm -hmm. to dedicate to it. And you, you just have to shift and see if things are working for you. And I know the same has been true for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bio-individuality is totally. You know, totally the way things go. I know when, you know, after I left the hospital, I couldn't do anything other than walk. And I can't tell you how joyful and grateful I was to be able to just get outside and walk. I looked like the crazy woman because I would just walk all through my neighborhood. <laughs> And I was just so grateful that I could walk. So yeah. again, you know, it goes back to that gratitude piece, um, just being grateful. But you're right. Throughout our lifetimes, that movement or exercise or physical activity that we experience may be very different depending on what's going on in our lives. And the important thing is that you're doing something. Right. And, it, and that it feels good to you. Because again, you're not going to continue to do something if it doesn't work for you. My husband is totally into CrossFit. And that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad and grateful that it works for him. It makes him happy. It makes him healthy. It gives him a place to connect to other people. But that would not be the same for me. So I think finding what works for you now and not attaching judgment to that because it's something that and someone else isn't doing or is doing. So really just dropping the comparison to mm -hmm. others or what you've done in the past yeah. and enjoying it for how it makes you feel. That's what's important. I totally agree. And what's interesting is, as you alluded to, we had four things that came in the top that were all for the four most common things. And so mm -hmm. the next one was whole foods, which I kind of tie into the other number four, which is anti-inflammatory diets. And so the role of nutrition, I always say it all starts with food, but I truly, truly believe so much of what we perceive about our lives, how we are able to interact in our lives, how well we sleep, how well we exercise, all of these things are really governed by food. And so that is something that our guests also kind of embraced as well. And, and I know that, you know, what Kelly and I may do personally may not work for everyone else, but it's all about finding what resonates, makes your body feel good. I, I do encourage people, you know, especially when January 1st rolls around to consider an anti-inflammatory diet really as a reset, mm -hmm. uh, specifically because, I think most people from about Halloween through New Year's are probably consuming foods they don't normally do on a regular basis. And so I, I sometimes feel like everyone feels like on January 1st, okay, I got to put all this stuff away. I've had fun eating mm -hmm. all the foods and all the alcohol. And now I need to like recenter myself and focus on my health. And so January 1st is oftentimes a really great time to be thinking about cleaning up some of the junk in your diet and for some people that could be taking gluten out, for someone else it could be not having any dessert or mm -hmm. perhaps not drinking uh, in the month of January. So really figuring out for you what resonates, what works best. I know that guests always ask or our listeners always ask, they wanna know what our nutrition philosophies are. Kelly, are you interested in sharing that information? I think it goes back to whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've learned that myself too from being on, a, I was on a pretty strict, like paleo diet for a while. And it was just, and I know there's many permutations of paleo, but it was just too low carb for me. And I was tanking and it was grumpy and it, it wasn't benefiting my health. So I really, I really ascribe to these two things that we're talking about, which is trying to eat as many whole foods as possible and to eat anti-inflammatory foods. So it's, it's about what you're not eating in terms of anti-inflammatory stuff, you know, reducing those fried foods and bad oils but it's also about what you're adding in. So the kind of healthy fats that reduce inflammation and adding spices like ginger and turmeric mm -hmm. to your foods to reduce inflammation. Yeah, it definitely makes a big difference. And one of the questions that we've gotten with some frequency is guests or even our listeners are curious to know how we eat. So maybe mm -hmm. we will do in 2020, we will do an episode on sleep 
and we'll do one talking about our nutritional philosophies, which have shifted in 2019, especially for me, as I've come to realize yeah. that what used to work no longer worked. So, yeah, bio individuality for so yeah. much of this. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we had a huge tie for the fifth most commonly recommended tips. The first one, Cynthia, I'm totally letting you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> Intermittent fasting. Gosh, one of my favorite strategies and, you know, never realizing that that is what I would be known for. But I, I do find that, again, going back with what we just said about food, finding a strategy of intermittent fasting that works for you and your body. We've talked about the health benefits. We've talked a little bit about different schedules for intermittent fasting. And I just find that when individuals incorporate intermittent fasting into their lives, especially people that are north of like 35, I don't want to leave anyone out that's under 35, but I think probably north of 35, people start to get a, an understanding that you can't eat and do the things that you used to be able to do if you want to you know, maintain where you are or remain healthy. And so intermittent fasting is one of those things that if people do nothing else, if they just shorten their feeding window, there are tremendous health benefits. And, and I think most people focus on the weight loss, but they stay for all the other benefits, you know, the <laughs> autophagy and, you know, the, the improved mental clarity, which is the thing I love best about it. People have better sleep, their skin clears up, they, you know, they lessen their likelihood of developing insulin resistance and, and concomitantly, we know that insulin resistance is at the basis for so many of our health issues that we see in the United States and abroad. So to me, intermittent fasting is absolutely positively a strategy that I will incorporate for the rest of my life. And one that I talk about, you know, multiple times throughout the day, because I, I do feel that it's something that can really be transformational for someone's health, truly. Yeah, agreed. And I think I just want to emphasize, like you mentioned, playing around with what might work for you in terms of timing and the eating window and being flexible with that, mm -hmm. not being too stuck to... Don't be rigid. No. And, and use your own... Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. The indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some circumstances, up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? I want to introduce you to a product by Air Doctor that has captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that have the potential to go on and make us sick. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day, breathe-easy, money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorrow.com and use code CYNTHIA. You'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 in value. Look at the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code Cynthia. I absolutely love my air filters. They're an integral component to ensuring that the air that my family breathes in our home is as safe as possible. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armra colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armra's colostrum strengthens immunity ignites metabolism, 
fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. The way that you feel your own expression as your guide. If it doesn't feel good, that doesn't mean it's not for you. It just means maybe you need to change something right. with when you're starting eating or when you're ending eating. And also, you know, then looking at the quality of the food that you're eating in that yeah. shortened window too. But I agree, just playing with the timing can be really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we segue into breathing. Mm-hmm. And I know Kelly did a really beautiful job talking about this in one of my groups this week. So I'm going to let you um, expound <laughs> upon this, but I don't think we give breathing enough mm. credit. I, I just think we assume we just do it and therefore we don't think about it again. And yeah. yet breathing can be so profoundly um, powerful. And I just speak from the experience of when I get nervous before I'm going to do a, a speak, I'm going to do a speaking opportunity or I'm, I'm getting in front of a large audience I always go back to yoga breathing because that will help slow down my vagus nerve, which will help slow down my heart rate, which then makes me, you know, it's that whole, I'm more present. I'm feeling what I'm experiencing, but my heart rate's going down and therefore I'm not going to get up on stage and start speaking like I'm, you know, trying to, trying to get through a 20 minute speech in five minutes. (laughs) But I know that, you know, Kelly, this is something that you teach to your, with your own, you teach frequently with your own patients. and, And I think you would probably do a more, a better job at explaining, you know, the, the basics that you run through with them. Cause I listened to you the other day and I was really impressed. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And breathing, it is so important. And I think it often falls in that same category as sleep does. One of those things that we think, oh, we'll just do that. We'll just take care of it. We don't need to spend extra time on it. But I think when we can be conscious about our breathing and it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be as simple as taking five or six deep diaphragmatic breaths, which mean allowing our belly to inflate when we breathe in and then deflate when we breathe out, which is the way that babies breathe, but mm-hmm. opposite of the way that most of us breathe in our society. We're mostly breathing up in our chests and not taking in a lot of oxygen. And the reason this is important, or a number of reasons, but one of them is because taking six deep breaths or being conscious of our breathing can flip us from that sympathetic stress response to the Mm -hmm. parasympathetic rest and digest response. Mm -hmm. So if we're being conscious of our breathing, taking those breaths, it can help us to digest our food better. It can help us to be less anxious. It can help us to think more clearly because again, when we're in the stress response, we're not thinking clearly. We don't have access to our prefrontal cortex. So when we can calm that down, our logical brain kicks in again, and we can think about what it is we're doing. So the techniques don't have to be complex. We can do deep breathing. We can do the four, seven, eight breath, which is a common breath taught in military training. If military training people are doing it to protect our country, (laughs) I think we can take a lesson from that. There's all different kinds of breathing that you can do, but the point is to Pay attention to how you're breathing through whichever method you choose and just incorporate it into your day. I was telling Cynthia's group earlier this week that you can pair breathing exercises with something you already do. That's called habit stacking. So if you're not going to remember to take deep breaths, 
you can remind yourself to do it while you're already doing something that you do throughout the day. Filling up my water bottle at the refrigerator water filter. I find that it takes a lot of time to do that. It really doesn't take a lot of time to do that, but that's the way I see it. But instead of just being upset about it or waiting for it, I have incorporated that as a time to take a few deep breaths. And that sort of recenters me and resets me and provides a nice cue. So taking some time to learn some breathing techniques can be super simple and easy to do, but it can really be powerful. Beautifully stated, my friend. Oh, thank you. And then as I'm looking outside my window, I am Uh looking at nature. And so nature is our next top tip, you know, getting out in nature. I generally recommend that my ladies get out first thing in the morning because we have receptors in our retina and our skin that, you know, kind of help support the natural circadian rhythm patterns in our bodies. And circadian rhythm really corresponds with the distribution of cortisol, which is that fight or flight kind of hormone, but highest in the morning ebbs and flows throughout the day and lowest at night, which is when we should be going to bed. And so our connection with nature on so many levels, if we're able to put our feet on the ground, you know, that's grounding, that can be very beneficial, or even just getting 10 to 15 minutes of light exposure. And by this, I mean, don't put sunscreen on or a hat, get outside, don't put your sunglasses on 10 or 15 minutes. We all have that ability most days of the week, you know, get your dogs out, get your kids out. Really, really important to do that. And I know that I feel at peace when I'm out in nature, I may not be able to, in in you know, it's now like in the thirties temperature wise <laughs> here in Washington, DC. So I'm not exactly going to spend a lot of time outside in that weather without being bundled up. But when the weather's nicer, I think it's really, really important to ensure that you're making those connections with nature and, you know, making that time for your health. And, you know, there's profound health benefits beyond what I've already alluded to. But, mm-hmm. you know, for those that live in areas of the country where they're able to be out, you know, for four, you know, they really don't have four seasons. And so they're able to be out and, and be have more sun exposure during the day. I mean, there are a lot of health benefits that, you know, impact you in really profoundly positive ways. Yeah. I know there's studies that have done, there's a lot of studies that have been done in Japan. They have termed nature bathing as Shinrin Yoku. It's Mm -hmm. this thing that they actually do. They spend time in their parks or going into the forest and spending time there. And the research has shown that spending even a weekend there, two days, parts Mm -hmm. of two days around in nature can have profound immune benefits for weeks to come. Yeah. So that's, that's another one of those things that it's, you're not actively like doing something, just being, being in nature can be powerful. Absolutely. So the next two, our last top two tips are water and hydration. And I think that this goes along with the healthy foods and the anti-inflammatory type stuff, just making, being hydrated a priority. And it's so easy to not be hydrated in our society. It really is. It's go, go, go. There's caffeine in a Starbucks on every corner. It's pretty easy to just to get into that lifestyle. But you you would be surprised at what even the mild symptoms of dehydration are. They're probably things that many of us are experiencing regularly, like muscle cramps and irritability and feelings of anxiety and fatigue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so just making sure that you're hydrating. And I think, you know, the general rule of thumb, give or take, again, back to bio-individuality is to drink half your weight, your body weight in ounces of water, adding more for any caffeine consumption that you have. Is that sort of the recommendation you still give? It is. Although I've gotten, um, I've started recommending that people put things like sea salt or trace Mm -hmm. minerals in their water. I think the electrolyte piece is really oftentimes not emphasized and, Yeah. So the excuse I always got from my patients was I don't want to have to pee more often. Mm. And so I I used to very, you know, I would try to be as sympathetic as possible. I understand it's inconvenient to have to get up and walk to the bathroom. And for some of my patients, it was a mobility issue, but I generally encourage people that by the time you get thirsty, you're already dehydrated. So Mm -hmm. trying to manage, especially with the heat being on, you know, we're you know, in, in Northern Virginia where the heat's on because it's cold and it, that's dehydrating. So yeah. if you think about it just during the course of the day, we, we lose water just by breathing, by defecating, by urinating, you know, just through perspiration. And so it's really critical that, you know, especially during wintertime that we're more cognizant of the hydration piece, certainly more beneficial. And I agree that, you know, half your body weight in ounces of water a day, 
with some electrolytes in them. And by that, I do not mean Gatorade. I'm referring to sea salt or like trace mm -hmm. minerals, or there's a product by uh, Jigsaw Health. It's an electrolyte packet that just has sodium, potassium, magnesium in it. It's another great option. Sometimes I will dump that into my water bottles if I'm going to the gym, just if I feel like I need a little bit of extra support. But yeah, really easy thing that you can as we said, everything sounds easy, but isn't necessarily easy. But even right. if you have a, like a life factory bottle or a water mm -hmm. bottle, and for me during the day, I fill that up three times. And so for example, yesterday, I didn't do such a stellar job with hydration. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, today I can tell I'm a little dehydrated and I'm yeah. absolutely going to make a more conscientious effort. So I've been, I've already filled up my 20 ounce water bottle once. So we're starting the day off on a good note. <laughs> But I agree, having those visual cues can really be helpful. It's hard, you know, in our given, and it's the holidays. And so we've got a million right. distractions. So yeah. make sure you're prioritizing you. But what you just said leads into our, our last tip, which is being in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to check in to know that you're dehydrated. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. So I think that's so important for many of these tips, because when you can be in touch with yourself and what's going on, you can understand how these things are benefiting you. And when you can see the benefits, you're more likely to continue them till you can see the bigger, longer term benefits. So being in touch with yourself goes back to that mindfulness piece and being in the moment and taking time to check in, using your breath to slow things down so that you can feel what's going on. Being in touch with your feelings or having emotional intelligence didn't hit our top list. Maybe it was a function of our guest's expertise, <laughs> but that's something we can get into in the new year too. But also, you know, just being in touch with what's going on with you and having compassion for whatever's coming up can help you to shift and change the dietary things, the exercise things, the more concrete things in your life, because you're, you're cognizant of how they're affecting you. Sounds great. I hope that you all enjoyed our guest top tips of 2019. We certainly were fascinated with the results, but actually yeah. appreciative and grateful that it validated a lot of our common practice beliefs that we ourselves embrace as well. Yeah. And if you want to get a copy of this, you can pick it up on my website. It's kellydonahuephd.com slash podcast. And there's just a little button at the top that you can click to get it. There's no email required, just a, our gift, Cynthia and my gift to you for the holiday season to hopefully set you up for an awesome 2020. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or would like us to discuss a certain topic, please feel free to email us at everydaywellnesspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find out more about Kelly at kellydonahuephd.com and more about Cynthia at cynthiathurlow.com. 